This week, we're looking at the unsexy part of becoming more productive and better with our time management. Hello and welcome to episode 254 of the Working With podcast, a podcast to answer all your questions about productivity, time management, self-development and goal planning. My name is Carl Pauline and I am your host for this show. Now, most people in the time management and productivity field, such as myself, we'll generally talk about systems, routines and applications. And while these do have an important place in the helping us be more productive, there are three other parts to the productivity equation rarely talked about and often overlooked. What are those? They are sleep, exercise and diet. For many people, these three elements are elephants in their otherwise well-ordered life. You know, deep down, if you are not getting sufficient sleep, not getting outside and moving, and eating highly processed and unnatural foods, you are destroying your ability to focus, concentrate, and ultimately, that affects your overall output, not to mention what these will do to your long-term health. And I'm not just talking about work output. If you're constantly tired and unable to concentrate, that's going to have a negative effect on your family life. You will be too tired for quality time with your kids and partner. And that poor diet and lack of sleep will adversely affect your mood when you do have time for your family life. We have a lot to look at here, so let me hand you over to the mystery podcast voice for this week's question. This week's question comes from Ryan. Ryan asks, Hi Carl, I've been so busy at work this year that when I get home, all I want to do is crash on the sofa and do nothing. I end up watching TV or watching YouTube videos until very late and then not getting enough sleep. I know I should spend some time planning my day and doing some exercise, but I just don't have the energy. How do you fit in time for exercise and planning? Hi, Ryan. Thank you for your question. This is a problem I know many people face. Planning the day at the end of the day when you're tired and just want to do nothing because you are exhausted. It's not going to be something high on your list of priorities. Let's be honest, we can all operate a reasonably productive day without doing daily planning. For most people, this is how they've operated for years without any immediate adverse effects. However, a question I would ask is, without following a few simple daily practices, how are things turning out? If you're stressed out, anxious and exhausted at the end of your working day, is that a good thing? Is that how you want to feel at the end of the day? Probably not. So, what can we do? Well, this is what I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. 
While new systems and apps are exciting and the sexy part of productivity and time management, these things will only go so far. No new app or system will change the work you still have to do. Just because a task is in Things 3 instead of Todoist won't change the fact that the task still needs doing. No app is going to plan the day for you, even with machine learning or artificial intelligence. Only you, as an individual, knows what's important to you. I find it interesting that Outlook Calendar's AI will fill your blank times with work, never tell you to call your partner or go out for a walk. Now, I've been studying productivity and time management long enough to know that it's never the case of not having time. You do have time. You have more than enough time to fit everything in. The real reason you feel you don't have time is you've not prioritised what's important to you. But let's step back a little and look at the three absolute basics of being more productive. Let's start with sleep. When you get sufficient amount of sleep, you are more awake, more creative and focused. These three on their own will give you a far more productive day than being half asleep and distracted. I did a little experiment earlier this year. I spent a week surviving on four and a half hours sleep each day. That week was a complete disaster for my overall productivity. Work that I was normally able to easily get done in a week was a struggle. In fact, I had to give up trying to do some of the work I wanted to do. By the end of the week, I had a backlog. I never have backlogs. I was too tired to clear my actionable email each day. I became irritable towards the end of the week and I started craving sugary snacks after only two days. By the end of the week, I was exhausted. My exercise was terrible. Even taking my dog for a walk became a chore, something I normally love doing. Now, I've never been a good sleeper, but the lessons I learned from that little experiment got me serious about my sleep. I will cancel meetings and appointments now if I need to, to ensure I get my minimum number of hours six and a half. So Ryan, my first tip is sort your sleep out. If you don't know how much sleep you need, do an experiment over the end of year break and sleep with no alarm for seven days. Make a note of how many hours sleep you get each night and average it out. That will tell you how much sleep you naturally need and we are all different here. From my experiment during my last break, I discovered I actually need an average of 7 hours, 20 minutes. I'm not there yet. As I say, I have a minimum of 6.5 hours. But next year, I will work towards moving to that 7 hours, 20 minutes. I would strongly recommend to all of you that you read Matthew Walker's book, Why We Sleep. That will change your whole thinking about sleep. Just getting enough sleep each day will radically improve your overall productivity as well as your mood so you are a lot more attentive to the people you care about. Now, what about exercise? Now, here's the problem with exercise. 
A lot of people hate exercise, possibly, possibly because how they were introduced to exercise at school has left a scar that still lives with them today. Yet exercise is essential for productivity. However, to get the benefit of exercise, you do, need to, you do not need to go to a gym or out running. Really, what is meant by exercise is movement. We need to move. It's interesting that when Apple were developing the Apple Watch, the two key parts to their exercise app were the number of active minutes and the number of times you stood up per day. They even put a target on these. 30 minutes of activity and standing 12 times per day. The standing metric was measured by making sure you stood at least once for 60 seconds or more every hour or so. So what is involved in movement or activity? Well, a 30-minute intentional walk would do. But you can go further. Stop using lifts or elevators as they call it across the Atlantic and escalators. Reintroduce yourself to stairs. The stairs are a great source for getting the blood flowing and improving your focus and productivity. Even if you have a disability and are unable to walk unaided, any kind of activity you can do that will raise your heart rate counts as exercise. A non-motorized wheelchair gives you wonderful opportunities to move with your upper body, for example. One tip I learned from a preventative medicine doctor, Dr. Mark Hyman, is to get yourself outside and walk for 20 minutes or more after a meal. That movement will prevent your blood sugar levels from spiking after a meal and help you to avoid the afternoon slump that affects so many people. 70 years ago, it would have been very, very hard to find a gym. Lifting weights was an exclusive and minority sport. And unless you were into bodybuilding, a sport most people had never heard of back then, your only introduction to a gymnasium was at school. And most people treated those as a wicked form of torture netted out by evil PE teachers. Why were gyms so rare back then? Well, that's because we moved a lot more and never needed them. There wasn't the convenience we had today. Escalators were very rare. Very few people had TVs in their home. And those that did had to keep getting up to change channel. And if someone called you, you again had to get up, go to the hall and answer the phone. There was no home delivery pizza or other convenience foods. We had to cook. Our whole lives were based around movement. Today, it's perfectly normal for many people to get home, sit down on the sofa and not move again until they head off to bed four or five hours later. They left their home, walked the three metres to their car, drove to the office, parked in the car park, walked the five metres to the lifts, got onto their desks and spent the next eight or nine hours sat down. They repeated the homeward journey to spend the evening sat on a sofa. Is it any wonder the developed world, over 60% of people are dangerously overweight and suffering from some form of preventative cardiovascular disease? And that leads me to the final piece on the mix, diet. Yes, 
convenience food is often delicious. It's also quick and can fill a hole instantly. You would think if all I have to do is order something through an app, have it delivered to my door within 30 minutes, that would allow me more time to get more stuff done. Well, no. The majority of food we eat today is highly processed, full of sugar and is not satiating. It leaves you craving more, which has disastrous effects on your blood sugars. This then leads to spikes in your insulin levels and if repeated over a long period of time, will result in you becoming pre-diabetic or full-blown diabetic. And diabetes is not a disease you want. It's linked to the increasing numbers of dementia, not to mention the likelihood of limb amputations, irreversible heart disease and kidney failure. You really do not want to develop this horrible, horrible disease. The effects of all that sugar and highly processed food on your productivity is devastating. It's what leaves you feeling hungry mid-morning, sleepy in the afternoon and exhausted in the evenings. You're not in the mood to focus your attention on anything. This is why we are so easily distracted by email messages and our co-workers gossiping. The trouble is most people are in denial about their state of their diet. They think the problem they have is too much work. They are overwhelmed or their systems are a mess, so they need to find a new app. No, if you're not getting enough sleep or exercise and your diet is a disaster zone, that is the reason why you are stressed out, overwhelmed and tired all the time. It's not your work or the things you have to do. Now, as we come towards the end of the year, my advice is start with these three unsexy parts of the productivity mix. Make a commitment to yourself to start moving and sleeping more and sort out your diet. As I mentioned before, read Matthew Walker's Why We Sleep book. In addition, I would recommend Dr. Mark Hyman's Pecan Diet book as well as Dr. David Perlmutter's Drop Acid. Once you've read those three books, read Jason Fung's Obesity Code. If you commit to reading those four books over the end of the year break, you will furnish yourself with the knowledge to make better choices about how and when to sleep as well as what to eat. They will dramatically change your life. Making changes in these three areas of your life, your sleep, movement and diet, will have a profound impact on your energy levels through the day, which will impact the quality and quantity, not only on what you do at work, but with your relationships with the people that matter most to you. Plus, of course, you will significantly reduce your risk of developing debilitated lifestyle diseases that will ultimately prevent you from living the life you've always dreamed of. Thank you so much, Ryan, for your question and thank you to you too for listening. It just remains for me now to wish you all a very, very healthy and productive week. <laughs> <laughs>